Well, hey there, everyone, and welcome back to Game Store Profits. This is episode 40 of the show where some geeks come together and talk about geeky things and godly things. My name's Luke Navarro. And my name is Mike Perna. Man, it is a, a new year. It's a new year for us now. It is. Not only, how, not only are we, like, in December talking about New Year's, now it actually is New Year's. H- have you done the whole, like, I, I mistakenly called 2013, 2012 yet? No, thankfully... Uh, my day job requires me to write the year over and over and over and over, so it becomes very easy for me to get into the habit of saying it's 2013. So you know exactly what day, time, and whatnot it is at all at all times. Yeah, it, it, I might get one in where it's like, no, no, that's not the date, but I have to type it so many times that it it quickly becomes just part of the scene. Uh, so how you been? I am tired. Okay. I am worn that, out. That could that could go either way, good or bad. We'll I see. am I am beat up, and I have you know the the voices in my head are telling me to do things, and basically what they're telling me to do is write their story down for crying out loud. All right. So that's um. Well, we'll see what that's what that's about. And, and, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but but for now we'll kind of we'll kind of just let that let that ride. Uh, you know, things here. I, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I, I kind of hate to say this. I'm bored, man. Well, it, it's that after Christmas, before Super Bowl, before nice weather. It's yeah, it's cold. It's dark. I'm kind of in the house all the time. You know, I, I, I'm kind of, I hate to say it, but I'm, I'm even tired of video games. It's understandable. I mean, there hasn't been anything really bigger sensational no, I, I have a lot of games that I'm really enjoying playing I'm just kind of I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit I, I'm, I'm ready to be done dealing with somebody else's creation and maybe start thinking a little bit uh, about my own but you know I, I, we gotta say my, we got coming up here I, I realize that it's the second term of Barack Obama and so it's not as significant mm-hmm. as a first term inauguration but you know we got one coming up uh, so I gotta tell you though, I, I'm a little disappointed in our government. Uh, I think you, know, you should take a number, dude. <laughs> it, you know, it's supposed to be. There's all of these systems in place so that we, the people, can have a say in how our government works. And twenty-five thousand good, faithful, loyal Americans tried. To get a Death Star built, <laughs> and our government turned him down. I, I I am in such love with this story; it's not even funny. All right, so tell us the story. Uh, basically, what happens is is that you know the internet is filled to the brim with petitions: petition for this, petition for that, petition for whatever. It could be said that the internet is just a petition, right? Most of these are absolutely worthless, and especially the ones that have to do with the government. Because people in the government will tell you, we don't really watch those. We don't really care about those because they're easy to fake and no one cares. However, the the White House itself, whitehouse.gov, has a page where you can create petitions and vote on petitions and sign petitions and and respond to petitions and all this fun stuff. And apparently, from I, I, I did not know this until this, this article started going around the internet, 
apparently on the White House uh, webpage petitions page, if your petition gets a certain number of signatures, and I forget what that magic number is, but if your petition gets a certain amount of signatures, the White House, as in not, not necessarily President Obama, but someone on the staff of the White House will respond to it. It doesn't matter how ridiculously crazy it is. <laughs> if you get enough signatures, like legit signatures, the White House will respond. The most recent and most geek... Uh, Geek-tastic. Let's go with that. Uh, petition that has crossed this website that got enough signatures for a response is build a real-life Death Star. And so at some point... A staffer at the White House, uh, specifically a man by the name of Paul Shawcross, who, let me, let me find his title again. His title is the Chief of the Science and Space Branch at the White House Office of Management and Budget. So this guy actually works for the White House. Took time out of his day to respond to, this is why we're not building a Death Star. And I have to tell you, Luke, this response is genius because. All right, so it, I, I'm devastated. So give me a logical reason why we're not building a Death Star. I think the best one. I mean, the response actually tackles several different reasons why we don't build the Death Star. But I think the the best one is probably one of the very first ones he gives. It's bullet pointed. <laughs> and it's three points in this bullet point. And each one I, I kind of lump together because it all just makes perfect sense. It, the first one, the construction of the Death Star has been estimated to cost more than 850. What did we say? We The number, is, the number is so Bazillion, large. Um... I don't know what the actual numbers, numbering system is. Let's just say it would be a large pile in Monopoly money. Right. It's it's a huge, ridiculous amount of money. And he follows that up with, we're working hard to reduce the deficit, not expand it. <laughs> so what's great about this, this response, and you'll, you'll see a trend here, is that this response is just silly enough that the guy clearly understands that this is a bunch of geeks who rallied on the internet, but serious enough... That these are legit reasons why we're not doing this. <laughs> point number two in the bullet point. This administration does not support blowing up planets. Valid. You know, I, I, I guess depending on the population of the planet, I could agree. Yeah, valid. I, I think that's, you know, they're, they're standing by what they believe in. Hey, hey, I don't know. Scientists already destroyed Pluto. Why don't we just uh... take out a couple more? Wow, we brought that joke back. This is really going to be a special episode, I can tell. <laughs> All right, point number three, which quite frankly... Can you frankly, tell folks that it's a quiet geek news week? <laughs> We're not the only ones not doing much this time of year. Right, but but this brings me to point three, which is my favorite of all this entire response. Why would we spend countless taxpayer dollars on a Death Star with a fundamental flaw that can be exploited by a one-man starship. 
Well, we could fix that in the new one. Then you need three starships. There you go. <laughs> and one needs to be piloted by Billy D. Williams. Right. All right. So in all seriousness, this is this is funny, right? And it's it's something you definitely want to check out and you definitely want to read. But I did learn something while going through this that is awesome. What's that? We do, in fact, have... Uh, obviously, we have quite a bit of space exploration happening. Uh, but the guy who wrote this pointed out that what they're trying to do is maybe off put some of that onto uh, private business. Yes. And that the uh, the government, NASA, has a an organization, a structure to do just that, to uh, to basically hire Han Solo to ferry cargo back and forth, right? And and so, the name of this organization... I'm going to let you give this one. What is right, the so, name of this organization? Okay, I, I'll read it. The Commercial Crew and Cargo Program Office. C-3PO. Which is C-3PO. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, I mean, it tells me that at least there's somebody out there who's like, you know what? It's all of our geeky stuff that rules the world. And this is, you know, this is, it really did make a difference. You know, some kids back there, they're watching Star Wars, and now they work for NASA, man. Oh, yeah, between, That's cool. between Star Wars and Star Trek, we're building the future. Because it, it, it doesn't go a single year without I, without seeing some article about how some guy at, like, MIT is working hard to make lightsabers. Like... People are actually working on that. That's a thing. You know, and I think that, you know, we've got the little, uh, you know, data pad. We've got those now. Uh, you know, I don't care about the flying car. I really don't. I do really, really want the car I don't have to drive. Oh, I, yeah. I'm all for that, man. As soon as Google gets that thing done and it's for sale and it's not an insane amount of money, I'm there. I want that. Like... I'm all for it. I would love a droid. I don't know what I'd do with the droid, really. Because, I mean, how much do I need to do? Unless I can get a droid and maybe scrub my toilets. But I'd still <laughs> like to have one. Just a buddy. Just a friend. Like a dog that beeps and boops. You know? I have a funny feeling that if you had a droid, you would single-handedly bring about the robot rebellion. The, the uprising would happen in your home because all you do is make your robots clean up after your toilets. Well, I didn't say that's all they had to do. <laughs> There's lawns to be mowed and, you know. It is fundamental. So, yeah, I think it's I think it's fun that, uh, you know, we have enough people out there. Now, I just wish that, uh, hope that the future goes that direction as well. Yeah. All right, man. So, obviously, like I had kind of pointed out, it's a it's a slow week. There's not a whole lot of news to talk about. No. I mean, CES is this week, which is, I mean, there's a, uh, you know, a little bit of geekiness that uh, a certain breed, if you will, that uh, that does the CES thing. Uh, there, I will say that there, uh, there have been some things that got linked out that I am excited about. Like... The I, giant walking spider? Well, yeah, that one was kind of neat. But I'm thinking of ones that I can actually have someday, maybe. Oh. Uh, there's actually this little device that, it the way it's described, and it really sounds hilarious, and I love this, it creates this little box of space on your, on your 
under table or whatever surface you want to do. And you can basically, it detects where your hands are. Uh, the guy who was, who I was watching the YouTube video, he's like, we're, we're creating different apps. Like right now it's all just pre-orders and beta. So it's all like, let's do Fruit Ninja and stuff like that. But, you know, you can do keyboards without actually typing on a keyboard. You're just moving your hands around in the air. Like, the potential for that is awesome because we're talking about, you know, how fictional science fiction brings about actual science fact. And I, I look at this as one step closer to holodecks, and that's something that encourages me. Would you do the holodeck? Yeah. Would I do the holodeck? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't know, man. There's just too much chance of that thing going backwards and sideways and me getting shot. I, well... It happens it every time. <laughs> just don't wear a red shirt. You'll be fine. Yeah. You know, I... But I'm uh, Ding. All right. We're going to call this, like, the lame episode. Yeah. Because <laughs> we have reverted... We have reverted to, you know, childhood antics and bad geek humor. But I have a, I have a reason, dang it. My mental capacity has been completely focused on other things. What's your All excuse? Right. <laughs> uh, this is how I normally am. Yeah, true. Eh. I'll vouch so for what, that. So, what has your mental capacity been focused on? I have still Focus. been writing. I have still been writing this book. I am ah. super. I have. Been, I can't even say I've been writing it. I have been doing battle with this book. <laughs> All right. For in case, hey, somebody may have just started listening to the show. Talk to us about this book. What's this about? Okay, well, first of all, welcome, new people. We uh, the for those of Not you who in a may, strange way, though. No, in 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 the wonderful way, right? Um, for those of you who might just be joining us, uh, I have teamed up with a friend of the show, Kevin McGill, who has created a series of young adult science fiction fantasy books called Nicholas and Company, and he has asked me to write a book, kind of help him kind of flesh out the world that he's created and to to give voice to one of the characters that gets mentioned a lot in his book but doesn't really show up. So as we have said in the past, you are writing Kaz the Minotaur of Nicholas and Company. I am the Richard Knack to his Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman. There you go. That is deep, my friend. That is deep reference. Good on you. So I... Uh... I have been doing battle with this because there's so many different... This has definitely been a, a trip outside of my comfort zone. This is young adult. I don't tend to write young adult. I tend to either write for really, really young, as in like like little children's Kids. stuff, or adults. I don't really... I've never really spent a lot of time in the young adult market other than reading a couple titles. So Which is right, because it is the age group you work with. It, it's the age group I work with all the time, but I don't write fiction for them. I I teach this age group, you know, truth. I don't teach them fiction. <laughs> so so getting a hold of that and like there have been times when I've, I'll like write something down and I go, no, no, that's too dark. I can't do that. <laughs> um, nope. You it, don't want to twist the children. Just right. entertain them. And so it's also just been... I'm playing in somebody else's playground. So I keep, I'm like, do I put this in there? Do I mention this in the world? If I create this, is he going to yell at me? <laughs> you got to worry about it. Am I breaking continuity? Right. Am I going to create something that doesn't make sense? And yeah. 
And so between just getting my hands on his characters and really just messing around with that and seeing what he's what he wants to do, it I have come at this story from so many different angles. I don't even know how to how to comprehend all the if I actually kept every rough draft, I I would have piles upon piles upon piles of all the different times I've rewritten the first like two chapters. Just because I'll, I'll I'll write it and then I'm just absolutely disgusted with it, and so meanwhile my wife has been so you know encouraging. She's like, no, it's good. It it really is. No, nah, this is garbage. But yeah, so I I think I'm I've gotten the story and the characters to a place where I really like what's gonna happen. I really like the approach. I really like what's going on. But my first draft is due Tuesday, and I have some. Today is, Saturday, Today is Saturday, and I have a lot of work to do, and it's late here, and it will be, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad we're recording tonight, because if we recorded tomorrow, then I might not even know my own name, and that would be hard for, for podcasting. It would. I'm glad that we, uh, I'm glad that we <laughs> met that deadline. Now, I look, okay, so it's hard work. We get that, right? But, but tell the truth here. You love every minute of this. This is who you are meant to be. This is, this is, you know, the guy who will talk for episodes and episodes about creating D and D characters. This is like your, this is your world, man. No, I, I will say yes and no to that, and I'm pretty confident that anyone we're talking to out there that that writes or on any kind of level will will agree to this. I completely agree. I love writing. I wish I could spend more time on that. I wish I didn't have to deal with the day job and I could just focus on this. And that would be awesome. Even if nothing ever happens with any other story I do, even if this is going to be my, my one shot at greatness and it falls flat, even if that's the case, I will always be writing because I just thoroughly enjoy it. However, the actual... Uh, here, I'll, I'll give you the other half of this in the form of a quote. And the actual person to attribute attribute this quote to escapes me. But it's so fitting that I have to use it anyway. So if, if any of our listeners knows who this quote goes to, let me know. Uh, it was asked of an author, and they're like, the, the, the quote is, I, I, like, I don't like to write. I like to have written. Right. Because writing is hard. It really is. Oh, and I, th I think that's something that people miss, right? And, and so, okay, a couple episodes ago, maybe it was last episode, I don't remember. But we were talking about how, for me, I think it was last episode, we were talking about, like, at the end of the year, how you look back on the year and you kind of look forward on your next year and right. where you've been and how you want to change and stuff. And the thing I said was, I would like to be a little bit more creative. Mm -hmm. Okay. A noble pursuit. Right, and uh, and actually, you know how it is sometimes when like you're thinking about a thing, and then all of a sudden you go to church on Sunday, and the message is about that. Right. Yeah. So I got hit by one of those. Right, and it was about worship styles, and it was about you know the different kind of worship styles that we have, and one of them was called the activist style. I'm getting somewhere with this. One of them was called the activist style. Right. It's about people who are very they're, they have this very busy, like very driven, a personality, uh, Dallas Seminary grad kind of life, right? <laughs> yeah, and care that, careful like, because we both went to that school, but neither one of us is that guy. 
Well, I was. Ah. Like, that That fit my life to a T, right? And then later on, in the as she's going through these uh, these worship styles, I think it's... But really, it's more about your life orientation with God, not just... Worship is sometimes too small a word. You know what I mean? Even though it shouldn't be. Yeah. Um, she gets creative. And I kind of looked at that and went, man, I want that. And then at the end of the message, it was like, you know what? You can change your style throughout your life. And sometimes you're going to look at a style that you've had for your whole life and and eventually you're going to look back and go, why did I do that? And it's because you're, you're either trying to ape somebody else's style, you see somebody else worshipping in that way, so you think you have to be that way, or because you're afraid of the style that God has really given you. And I'm kind of a mix of both, right? I thought that was the way I was supposed to be, and I'm totally afraid of being creative. Okay? And so, like, you're the perfect person to talk to about this. Because you th- guys like me, right, people who aren't haven't done a whole lot of creative stuff, we see it as like this, ooh, we're so, you, you, you're this perfect, happy, creative person in this blissful experience of magical stuff where, where beautiful art and music and love comes from your work, right? Right. But it's really not that way, is it? Oh, not, it's a not at all. It's a brutal... Grind the work of art is a it's not only hard mechanically whatever kind of art that you're doing uh if it was easy everybody would do it but it's also hard intellectually emotionally spiritually and so man i look at somebody like you who like for your whole life as far as i know have connected to god or at least since you've been a believer have connected to god through poetry and through the written word, and through story, and creation of character, and I go, you know, I look at that, and I kind of look up to you, in a way. Now, I don't want to be a storyteller, but I still would like to have some more of that creative spark about me, and, uh, you know, then not just be more creative, but also interact with God, and know God through creativity, and it's something I'm really learning how to do. Um, and it's like, it's not that easy. <laughs> no, it, it, it kind of falls back on the whole idea of anything that's worth doing is worth doing well. And well, yeah, I will, totally believe that. Yeah. It will, it will take everything out of you. Like I, I'm not going to lie. I am very, very tired right now. I kind of joked about that in the beginning, but I am very, very tired right now because I, I have been doing battle with my characters and and not only doing battle with my characters but my own writing style and i i notice my weaknesses right. and i i fix things sure. and i i try i'm trying to basically write the book that i want to read which is which is pretty much every author's goal you don't want to write crap that that you wouldn't even spend the time reading but this takes constant introspection it, it takes constant editing it takes you know, constantly just throwing stuff on the page to see what sticks. And then realizing that not all of it will, no matter how much you want it to and how much you bring out the duct tape to try and make it stay there. Um, I, I think a lot of times that uh, the act of creativity, and I, this is something that I've shared constantly on this show and pretty much anytime anybody gives me airspace to say anything, 
is that so much of the reason why I connect with God through creativity is because he's the one who created us and he made us to be his representatives here. And so how do you create how do you represent a creator God if not by creating? And so there are times when I uh I, I find myself like connecting with God on, on levels of I, I see myself as characters in his story and he's the storyteller. And not to say that God isn't powerful enough to kind of put us where he needs us, but there there are times when I almost connect with him sitting there thinking, I need you to be over here. Why are you spending all your time over there? I need you to be in this place so that you can interact with this guy so that we can move the plot forward. But you're sitting there in chapter two still when I need you to be in chapter five. And, you know, it, it, it makes me as a, a, you know, as, as the writer, it makes me connect with God because I, I, I can kind of get a sense of God's frustration when we kind of say, no, no, what you're doing is great over there, but I have my own story over here. And I'm doing my own thing. You know, we'll get to your story later. And at the same point, at, you know, as a, a character, I, I find myself kind of looking at my life going, you know, looking forward is a bunch of crazy, I have no idea what's going to happen. But looking back, I can see this was chapter one. This was chapter two. This was when, you know, I had my inciting incident that sent me to here, which brought me to here. This is when I saved the cat. This is when I, <laughs> and all the other, you know, silly, you know, writing lingo I can throw out on this. But there's, there's all this stuff that I get through this process. And there's, I mean, uh, this is not the only way that you do that. This is just for, for me and the way I see things. And yeah, there's so many ways that, that. But it, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what's cool about it though, is that it's another way of seeing Oh yeah, and that's really what I'm learning uh, in some pretty like intense fashion, right? So I was talking about the, these worship styles, this way of connecting with God, and I, one of them, which I think a lot of our geek brethren would probably also fit into, is the intellectual side. Oh yeah, right. The we like to read books, we like to think about things really hard, we like to figure stuff out, and we like to argue about crap. <laughs> you know, um, it's built into our that, DNA. It is, and and that is it. Honestly, I feel very connected to God when I do that. When I am puzzling out a problem, when I am digging into Scripture and trying to to understand what happened in this story, what happened in the biblical world, what happened in this guy's life, this character's life, um, I I really feel connected to God with that, but. You know, the intellectual way of being, if when you apply that to your own life, you you start taking on certain patterns, right? Every everything you come across is a problem to be solved, right? When you when you connect with God in an intellectual way, it's uh, anytime you you run into something in your life that that is either got potential for something great or potential for something not so great, you have to figure it out, right? Well, being more creative and trying these more creative things, I, I realize that that's not always the process. You know, I can't just read a book about, say, wood carving and be a great wood carver. It's not possible. Right. 
I gotta cut my hands a few times and you know mess up a couple of pieces and you know waste some wood and when you start to think about life in that sense like you know each one of these little works of art that I'm creating is its own thing it's got its own value but it's also another part of learning to be a woodcarver that's a whole different way of seeing life it's a whole different way of seeing God and I actually think that it really does use a different part of your brain and you know we, we talk about giving we talk about giving our whole self to God right well if we're only giving a part of our mind to God and we're we're limiting what he has access to we're not really giving our whole self to him even if we thought we were Yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of this. Uh, I think probably the person that you're getting the sermon from is probably referencing this book that I know I, I've messaged mine or kind of noted up mine like crazy. Uh, it's a book by a guy named Gary Thomas called Sacred Pathways. It's not, but that's okay. <laughs> well, basically, uh, he goes through a lot of the same stuff. In fact, he uses a lot of the same words. Uh, he, he comes up with this, almost, almost views worship like, uh, like a personality kind of thing. Like, it's not that one is necessarily right versus wrong, but it's different. And, and to, to, while none of them in and of themselves is, is going to be, you have to do this or you have to do that. You know, there's a, there's usually a mixture of it, but we tend to gravitate towards different things. Right. And so um it's it's kind of been interesting because me I'm I'm always up for the weird and the ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> no. I I have a running uh philosophy of I'll try anything once. And it's been really interesting kind of to cuz I I've given this book to my wife who is much more of a traditionalist. In fact, traditionalist is actually one of the things that he cites. And, you know, it's been interesting kind of to see for myself, having looked at this book a long time ago and look at this book now to realize that if you took, you know, we're talking about, you know, different chapters in existence. If you took, you know, 17 year old just got saved me. Right. And said, "What you know? Run you through this, and like, what's your worship style?" I probably would have scored super high on the activist because I was like, "Like, yes, let's get out there and do something, and let's let's change the world, and do this, and then picket this, and fix this." And that was that was me because I was seventeen when I came to Christ, and everybody has their "I'm a jerk" phase of Christianity, and I came to mine early. <laughs> um. Uh, if you if you looked at college me, it would have been much more the intellectual. It would have been much more the let me sure. tear apart scripture and you know let me get into that. But me now is much more uh, creative, much more uh, sensational. I you know the idea that that it's more than just it's very experiential. And, and all this stuff has kind of inf changed and morphed and come about where things are so different because I try stuff. 
And, you know, last last week we kind of talked about the fact that New Year's resolutions suck because they never stick. No one ever the, – the percentage of successful New Year's resolutions is astronomically bad. But uh, one thing that I would say that, that shows up on a lot of people's New Year's resolution list that I would encourage everybody to do is to try stuff, to, to get out there and, and experience new things because – yeah, it's 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 really how you figure out what's right for you and how and how you how you come to God. There are certain certain ways that are are demanded of us as Christians. We can't get around those, but there's so many other places where God says, "Look, we've de we've defined the boundaries. Now play inside them." And a lot of times people, you know, we're all scared of that at some point or another. Well, and I think there's also just the power of inertia. Yeah, there is. <laughs> you know, and, and you just, you don't even notice. And sometimes we need external things to, to kind of run into us and say, hey, maybe it's time to look at your life and and think a little differently. But sometimes it's just, you know, I'll tell you what, it's just quiet sometimes. So, you know, we've been talking about how this has been a boring kind of a week, right? So... I had this really intense week. Folks, uh, if you don't know, my primary job is a stay-at-home dad. Okay, I have two daughters who they are my responsibility 24-7. And I guess everybody who has kids, but you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Uh, and so during the three weeks off from school, besides the whole it's Christmas and it's New Year's and all of our family is here and all of that, which... For me, I love I love Christmas, I love New Year's, I love my family, but I'm not a I like to not have lots of loud things happening. Um uh is very it was kind of really stressful and just a very intense couple of weeks. Well, this week my kids go back to school. Uh so of course first thing I do is like, okay, phew, sit down, let's play some video games. Let's have some fun. I sat down with Far Cry 3. I'm playing this game, it's an awesome game. Uh but after a day or two of, you know, filling my spare time with, like, let's have some fun. I got to the point where it's like, no, you know what I need? Is I just need some quiet. I just need to think a little bit. And almost immediately when I did that, I was kind of filled with this sense of, remember, you're trying to be more creative this year. And how can we connect to God this way? And how can... And so sometimes the thing that you need to overcome inertia is just to stop everything and then see where it's going to go from there. Um, and so sometimes down weeks like this, though they don't make very good podcasts, they do make good for life. Oh uh, yeah. I, I will agree entirely. My, my statement that has been made over and over and over again is I can't wait till January is over. <laughs> and it's, it's not because I have anything against this month. It's a wonderful month. I was born in this month. However, happy birthday. Thank you. Uh, Sometime during the next 30 days. <laughs> and it, it, it already happened. Oh, but uh, it's such just... an excellent podcast co-host. I am. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm dragging right now as, as it stands. Uh, the high school kids that I work with are, are doing a, a winter retreat. It's like a weekend away 
and I had to cancel because I needed to get this this project done that I had promised my friend and you know the idea that you know you're trying to cram 18 different things in a day that doesn't have nearly enough hours to get them all accomplished I am very much ready for this month to be over for my my planned scale down to happen and to just revel in in rest and awesomeness so i'm definitely with you on that yeah i'm i'm glad to have had the opportunity but now i'm kind of like all right let's go do some stuff well there's something to be said for that too like you rest up so that you can go out you don't just rest for, for this, sure. this sheer purpose of rest you rest so that after you've recuperated and after you've built up your energy supplies again, you go out and keep doing awesome. Absolutely. It's the, the, so, the Bill and Ted understanding of be excellent to each other. You know, I think, I think though, that I'm, I'm hoping at least that there's a lot of people who listen to this show. Because, I mean, let's be honest, right? Like, almost the very definition of geek is... Crazy intellectual meets crazy creative. Stick them together, right? Yeah, emphasis heavily, what, emphasis heavily on the crazy. On the crazy, yes, this is true. But uh, I, you know, I think that that is is really what is at the core of us. And sometimes those two things can can seem really kind of in contradiction to each other. But I don't think that they have to be. Um, and so, you know, for me, it's definitely about, okay, what can I do creative this year and see how that changes my opinion, my experience, my relationship with God. Um, I'm all for that, by the way, changing my, my, uh, relationship with God and my experience of him, um, which is the thing that probably most people aren't willing to do, but like you said, try new things. <laughs> well, yeah, I People, people who are scared and or are even turned off to the idea of your relationship with God changing, kind of come at it from a skewed perspective. And this is, you know, this is me talking as a guy who is not necessarily all the time one hundred percent go team when it comes to my relationship with God. But that's the thing: the minute you say I'm completely happy with where things are, you stop growing. You stop moving, you stop asking questions, you stop wondering if there's something else other than what you're already seeing. And quite frankly, there will be a time when we can say, yes, there is no more, this is how things are, and man, they're awesome. They don't happen this time, this side of glory. You know, as, as long as we're walking around, as long as we're trying to figure out this whole faith thing, we're a group of people who are trying to figure out how best to serve God and how best to know him. And none of us has the answer. Some of the, the most faithful, wonderful, impossibly brilliant professors that I ever had, uh, men and women who have been teaching the word of God longer than my, my parents have been alive, will tell you that they know less about God now than they did when they started because the more you learn about him, the more questions you have, the more you want to know more. It's, it's the paradox of knowing, knowing God. 
the more you know him, the more you want to know. And the more you want to know, the more you dig deeper. The more you dig deeper, the more you learn. And so on and so on and so forth. Yeah, you know, actually, I've come across something in the last, like, maybe month that has has actually really changed my view of God. And it's completely one of those things I never would have expected. So, uh, some episodes back, right, we were talking about Bible study software. Yes. And I mentioned that the one I use is called Logos, and they just came out with a new version, and I I finally decided after many long years to to get my Logos back going, and I actually got the upgrade and all of that, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as with any Bible software, one of the things that you get with that is a massive number of Bible translations. Oh, yeah. there's the, that, that list is growing every day. Right. And whether you're using, like, expensive Bible software like Logos is, or you're using an app on your phone, um, like YouBible or uh, Your Bible, or uh, for some reason I can't think of what the name of that is. YouVersion. version. Yeah. That's what it is. Um, uh, you know, you have access to all of these uh, translations. Well, I, I've been reading... Uh, this year, as I've started up my, my Bible reading, I've been reading out of a translation called the Lexham version. And they do, they, it's a very literal translation. Like, to the point where sometimes you have to, like, stop and read the sentence a couple of times to figure out what they're talking about, you know? That sounds painful. Yeah. Um, but they do one little thing that has really changed the way I look at God and I understand God. And what he did, especially in the Old Testament. And that is, they take the Tetragrammaton, the the name of God, the uh, the yod hate vav hate the, uh, the the often yeah, it's translated as Lord in our Bibles in, like, small caps. Yep. And every single time, they translate it as what it is. Yahweh. And it's totally changed the way I read Old Testament stories. To have a character name in the place where Yahweh is in the scripture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and yeah, obviously when you're doing your study and you come across the word, you know what it says, but just to be reading it day in and day out and to see Yahweh just like a character, just like you know, I mean, not just like, but just as you would see Abraham's name, or you would see Noah's name, or you would see whatever. Right. Uh, and to see the, the, the character name, if you will, Yahweh, day in and day out, really has changed the way I understand the Old Testament and the way that, that uh, Yahweh interacted with the patriarchs, which is kind of where I am right now in my reading. But um, it's crazy. And it's amazing how much our relationship with God can change. And, and honestly, I would say that if your relationship with God hasn't changed, it's not because you have it right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, again, don't wait for that external force to come and, and make you change. Because in my experience, man, most of the external forces kind of suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of those. They do make good stories, though. Oh, they certainly do in the most painfully awful sort of way. But, uh, yeah, now I I definitely do appreciate where you're coming from. All right, man. So, so I, it's 
such a strange week out there. Folks, we have gone from the Death Star to the fantasy novel world to God and accessing God through creation and through Bible study and through every other which way that you were designed to access God. That is a that is a strange and wonderful grouping that I am pretty sure you're only going to get on Game Store Profits. We, we do tend to collect all the awesomeness that is the internet. We, we serve up only the, the most choice-cut geek awesomeness. And, and definitely one thing that kind of hit me, it, it actually does, now that I'm thinking about it, it does kind of fit in with what we've been talking about. Uh, I often cite this, uh, I don't know what to call they, they they make YouTube videos anymore. I don't know what that's called, like a, a series or a web show or whatever you want to call it, whatever label is the newest thing, uh, called Extra Credits. And primarily, they're game designers. They're game developers. And they make a little kind of almost presentation-style show about what it means to be in the game developing industry and challenging game designers to make things that are better and make games that are, are more about saying something and being something right. instead it, of just... It's, it's, it, it's very in-house, like... You know, inside baseball. Oh yeah, it's not it. You know, a lot of times there are things that they talk about that I'm like I I've lost interest in. I'm a I'm an incredible nerd, but at the same point, they they throw stuff out there that is really just genius. And one of the things they did recently, and I put it up on the Game Store Profits page in my own as well, was they they responded to something. They did a two part series on the on religion and gaming. One, you know, part one was the, you know, quote-unquote mechanics of religion. Like, as far as game developing and, and how do you put that stuff, like going to church and religious orders and that stuff, how do you deal with that in, in creating a game? But episode, the, the second half of that was about faith and using faith itself at, in gaming and telling your stories and... And the just the, the conceptual level of faith. That video got hundreds and hundreds of responses. Where it, and and this happens on the internet all the time. It's why I, I generally tell people don't read YouTube comments ever. <laughs> um, because there were two. There was a battle line drawn. There were a couple people on there that were like like, you know. Faith is awesome. This is, you know, go Jesus rah-rah stuff. And then there's the other camp that was just like, if you can't see it and you can't study it and you can't, you know, it, you know, science is king. And basically they created another episode following that up. They had no desire to do this. They had a plan that this the, the first video of the new year was going to be about this particular game mechanic stuff. But they said no. They came back with one that says God does not play dice, which goes off of a horribly often misquoted uh, Einstein, Einstein quote. Right. But they they pretty much said that you know the people who are making these comments about science is awesome, faith is for idiots. They're like you have no idea what science actually is because science is about exploration. And the second you say this is right and this is wrong before you start you're not doing science. 
And I saw that as a guy, as a man of faith. I saw that, and I go, you know, it really goes both sides. It totally does. That's what I was gonna say. And if you, <laughs> if you, if you look at faith and say science has no pur- no purpose and no place in this, you're basically saying that the world and the universe and everything that God Himself has created. That we have, we don't need to know how that works. We just, we just live here. We don't actually need to know anything. Um, well, you may be taking it even farther and saying it's a lie, right? I, I don't see how you can do that. I, I don't see how you can just completely write something off. Now, if you come out, like, I don't want to get into a whole discussion about the stuff that really, in my head, doesn't really matter. And that's usually this, the kind of stuff that gets people yelling on comment threads. Ooh, let's get people yelling on our comment threads. That'd be fun. It would be entertaining, but I don't really want to deal with that. I don't want to All bring right. out. I don't want to bring out the ban hammer. Um, I, I, I think that if if you're you're completely just denying the value of an entire group of people. If you're in the faith camp, you have to deny the value of the science people because they're a bunch of nerds who don't believe in God, and they never will, and things are, are awful, and, you know, they're just, you know, no good pagan heathens that, you know, need to, to understand that there's stuff beyond their science. If you're in the science camp, you have to look at the faith people and go, they're just a bunch of idiots living back in the Dark Ages and we, we know more now than they ever did, and they're reading a book that was written by all these bunch of guys. And both sides have so much to learn from each other. But instead of actually you know, looking at, at creation, looking at this, this universe and this world that we have been given stewardship of and saying maybe we should learn something, maybe we should understand how this world works, maybe we should understand our place in it, we deny that. Maybe if science looks at the fact that there are certain things that that we don't know. And I'm not saying that we can't ever know that. I'm not say, I'm not using that as the god cop out like everything that we don't know we assign to god. I don't I don't I don't ascribe to that and I never will. What I'm saying is is that there's something beyond us. There is something bigger than us. And it takes a lot of guts to explore that. And I know a lot of people who spend a lot of time railing against God, who do a lot of value in the idea of we're not the end all and be all. The the biggest wonderful man who who I say this to, and he spends a lot of the, if you type in in YouTube on Neil deGrasse Tyson and faith, oh my goodness, the videos you get. And. You know, a lot. Neil has spent an awful lot of time saying, "I don't think that Christians are doing a good job, and the religious people need to shut up." But at the same point, he has done so much to expand the minds of people, to to explore what the universe, to to learn more, to study more, to be more. And I think that both sides need to look at each other and go, "We need to learn from each other. We need to grow from each other." And yeah, that was something that 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 video. I would highly encourage you. I'm, you know, lately I've been the guy who's been posting the stuff on the actual Game Store Profits page. I will totally put the link up for this uh, this extra credits video. 
In fact, I'll probably do all three because they're all worth watching. But I don't know. We're 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 spending so much time and so much uh, airspace on this episode talking about uh, being creative and trying new stuff and 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 growing and learning in our study, in our faith, in our knowledge. Uh, let's. I mean, you can th you know insert random word there. Our compassion, our love, our 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 experience. There's so many different words that we can throw in there. You know, part of that has to be that we learn from each other. I totally agree. And I think that when we expand ourselves, it, it, it has that echo effect where we are more willing to take in others. Mm. And when we, again, the, the idea that if we think we have it right, we're probably doing it wrong. When we are, are really close-minded with ourselves, we're going to be close-minded with others. And, and I really, you know, I'm of the opinion that change starts from within and then works its way out. Now, I know other people think other things about that, and maybe, you know, just different individuals have different experiences of that. But for me, I, I'm never going to be able to do differently, th do things differently until I change who I am. And so... You know, by expanding my own experiences with God, well, then I'm more willing to take in others' experience with God. At least I think so. Well, and at the same point, uh, I think it's fair to say that just because you take something in doesn't mean you have to buy into it. Well, yeah, again, like, you don't have to agree with it. Right. You don't have to, you certainly don't have to do it, but you might be able to understand it a little bit better. And, and I think that that, that's key and and again uh that geek in me the intellectual in me the guy who wants to argue about crap uh, i'm not that 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 guy he's not very good at that he's not very good at uh taking in others opinions that he doesn't agree with but i'm hoping and maybe mike you can kind of tell me if i'm i'm rolling down the right path here <laughs> that by being a little bit more creative by experiencing art and failing at art and experiencing art again and having my own version of the 21st drafts, which would be like 20... I don't think that counts. <laughs> <laughs> but by doing all of that, that maybe I will be a little bit more open to other people's opinions. Oh, uh, yeah, I... I would definitely think that if you're if you're willing to put yourself out there, which is, is bar none the scariest thing running, um, I, I I I don't have a lot of personal experience with this because so much of my stuff has been for for very small, very targeted audiences. Um, but the second you put yourself out there, like this kind of happened when I was running Tinker for the year that I was writing that. I wrote that I wrote something once a week or once or twice a week. Uh, for a, a year and a half, pretty much. And what I discovered was that there were a lot of people who would, would write me and email me saying, this stuff is awesome, but there were an awful lot of people who were just like, this is crap. So putting yourself out there is a, a scary and a dangerous place. It opens you up for failure. It opens you up for ridicule. Uh, it pretty much is saying to other people, you have open season to tell me whatever you think about this. And it, it can be an awful place. If you're if you're really stressing out about it, it's a terrible place to be to, to put yourself out there and to just give people the right to say that you suck. 
it's it's hard but it's worth it because when people say that you suck you you can look at that and evaluate and understand are they saying you suck because you don't agree with them are they saying you suck because uh, this is the internet and people just have the ability to randomly say you suck or are they saying you suck because these are the reasons you need to strengthen your technique you need to fill in plot holes okay. you need to do this stuff and you know if you look at anybody who has made it big you know outside of the American Idol folks or you know the 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 instant stardom people I don't mean to knock an entire group of people I mean anybody who gets that instant stardom the I impressed one guy and now I'm famous right the anomaly right most people who you know and who are are big deals and even even on the smaller end of the spectrum even your guys who are famous on YouTube even your authors who are only famous in a niche market, your your uh, famous cosplay people, even those people who are niche famous, they work so hard and they put in so much time um, to be where they are and to have what they have. Um, one of my, my favorite bands in all time is a band called Blues Traveler. And Blues Traveler, no one, you know, had really heard about them until their song Runaround hit, you know, MTV and radio. Runaround was on an album called Four. And when Four came out, a lot of people were like, wow, I wonder why they picked that name. When you look at, at the discography, you find out. <laughs> it's really easy to call that CD number four because it was the fourth one they made. And you realize that these guys have been have been touring and performing and putting out music and trying to sell CDs three times before they got famous. There's a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of money to not be famous. The same thing comes with our day-to-day -day and our faith with God. You put yourself out there. You figure things out. You find out where your weaknesses are and you strengthen them. You... Learn to have a bit of a thick skin to understand that there's going to be people who disagree with you. There's going to be people who look at you and call you an idiot. And you, you learn through the process to understand the difference between criticism and mindless yelling. But you do that by constantly putting yourself out there. So maybe you're finding yourself in, that you're in a position like, Luke is where you're just like I've never been that kind of person I've had my little box and I like my little box and I'm gonna play in it and maybe you start wondering what's outside the box maybe you're more on my end of the spectrum and I haven't figured anything out and <laughs> I I wonder what the box looks like I wonder what the word box means I wonder why there's a moose in my box like I don't know you know, where I, I come up with stuff and, and how things happen. Uh, it gives me a lot of, of freedom, but it also it becomes my responsibility really to put structure on that. Because when, when you throw yourself out there in a place with no boundaries, it you can wander off into nothingness really easy. So 
you do you you wander you you know I love I love the quote all who who wander are not lost you know maybe that's just because I'm a Tolkien nut um but a lot of times you wander so that you can find where you need to be you know I think this episode also last episode I really think that what we're trying to say here uh, and and folks who've stuck with us through this very sort of rambly long weird episode, if they're if they're uh, listening to us at this point, they're with us on this because this is yeah, not the I, first time we've done this. But I think what we're really trying to say is is to try something new. Whether for you that's going out and doing something creative, or whether that's for you sitting down and studying, or if it's you know doing a different kind of worship, you know going to a liturgical church for a service or uh you know trying to go out into nature or whatever right do something different roll a different class you may not roll a different class love it you you might not you know decide that you love that but you'll you'll learn about god and you will understand god better because you did something different and you know i'm trying to do that and it's a scary weird awkward thing but I'm hoping, and, I, and I've already seen, that it's going to change the way I understand God. It's going to help me grow in my understanding of God. And really, ultimately, that is the measure of whether we're succeeding or failing in life, is how well do we know God, how well do we love God. And, you know, I, I, I am taking the awkward steps to try to do that, and I encourage everybody else to do the same. All right, Mike. So, uh, where can folks connect with you after Tuesday? After the, uh, the, the, it's in, folks. I, you'll, you won't listen to this episode until after the deadline has been met. So, you're welcome to check him out anytime you'd like. Yeah. Uh, but where can they do that? Uh, mostly, like I, I've been kind of saying, and I don't know if it's going to increase or not, but my internet presence is, is an ever-shrinking sort of animal. Uh, mostly because... I'm kind of focusing my internet presence on on game store profits, really, because most of my my internet time is spent here. So if you email us at gamestoreprofits at gmail.com, I'm the guy who answers that. If you go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash gamestoreprofits, I'm probably the guy posting stuff on that Facebook page. I don't even I don't think I even have the password. <laughs> we are uh, currently available on the Stitcher Radio app. If you want to see us on other stuff, let us know. Most of these stuff uh, I'm discovering is fairly simple to get on, but it also requires sending emails and getting approved and all this other stuff. And if if the reason I got us on Stitcher is because somebody told me, I really wish I could listen to this on my phone, you should get on Stitcher. So let us know about where you'd want to hear us, and we will encourage you guys because... Uh, again, we we are continually blessed to see that you guys actually listen to us, especially on episodes like this one. Um, we love to hear from you guys and get your feedback, and you know we want to we want to give you guys what you think will be helpful and help to, con- to uh, connect you guys as part of a community and to connect with us as as we produce this show. Uh, Luke, tell the people how they can get in touch with you. Uh, you can. Head to LukeNavarro.com, which is where I put 
fun stuff that I come across in my journey. Uh, and also, you convinced me I am on the Pinterest now. It's fun. Um, it's just a cool place to hang out and put awesomeness on there. It took me a little while. I'll admit it. You know, I, when I first got on, I was really not pleased. I didn't enjoy it at all. And now it's kind of cool to open up my page and look at, like, this total... Uh, I mean, it's basically just, like, swimming and everything I love. <laughs> it's it's I am the, uh, you know, Scrooge McDuck swimming through the <laughs> vault of, uh, uh, of Internet Joy. And it's, it's a little bit, you know... Um, incestuous and uh, it kind of all feeds on itself and it's a little bit weird that way but uh, but it's pretty and uh, I like to see pictures of nice things there you go and so I am on Pinterest uh, Luke Navarro uh, and then as always you can head to gamestoreprofits.com and uh, leave comments uh, you can subscribe to us on iTunes uh, you can like Mike said send emails go to Facebook all of those good things. We're so thankful for you guys listening and being part of this community. And uh, so go out there, roll a new tune, and uh, roll that, roll that however, known bard and see how it goes. You know, and and you know what? If you end up in a pit of acid, it's okay. God's <laughs> the game master, and that game plays on. <laughs> <laughs>